Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Jeff Reinbold Show. We're back after a little break. Michael is with us again. Michael McQuaid from Pro Football Ireland. And he is suntan and got his battery recharged in Greece on a little vacation last week. It's now training camp time. Michael, it's time to go back to work and talk a little football. Jeff, I, I know you wanted me to stay and talk football with you, man. I felt bad leaving you for a week there. Um, I, I also felt bad because literally the minute I got in the, like I got to the airport, I'm not sure if it was when I was waiting for the plane or if I was on the plane, but Saquon dropped immediately. And I'm like, really? Really? Today? Like after we pre-record stuff. So if anyone, like especially if people are listening to Pro Football Ireland, there's literally a podcast coming out on Friday where we complain about the running back position. And I would say, I'm not changing it, but this is where we're at. I, I didn't see Giannis in Greece, Jeff, but uh, very much looking forward. This is it now. You know, we are, you know, we're, we're weeks out from the season starting. This is going out on the Wednesday. We have got the opening game of preseason tomorrow night. The Browns, I think, play the Jets. Aaron Rodgers' first game, albeit he might see four snaps. Um, you must be a very, a very happy man at this point. Yeah, it's, it's, yeah, I am. It's, I really am. It's a, good time. It's a great time for if you love football, and and certainly Michael, almost everybody in the tribe that listens to our show is really a person that loves football. Think about it: the college season's just about ready to kick off. All the college teams are in training camp. The NFL season's going to kick off to, on Thursday. We've got CFL going full full bore right now. We're in the you know almost the middle of our season. And it's no better time if you're a football fan than right now. And the training camps, I thought the NFL did a great job with uh, what they termed as back together weekend, the weekend that all the training camps opened. Uh, you know, if you if you get NFL Network, you've seen tons of programming, and and you know we've had an amazing amount of storylines yeah. early in training camp. You know, obviously the Jets are the biggest story. The Lions are a huge story. Um, you know, the Daniel Hunter situation and with the Vikings, you talked about Saquon. What's concerning to me, Mike, is you look around and there's so many injuries early in training camp. You know, Jalen Ramsey is going to be out for an extended period of time with a knee surgery uh, that he suffered early in training camp. You're seeing t- soft tissue and injuries around the league, pericitis, uh, heart inflammation, KJ Hamler in Denver. You know, they lose another receiver, a guy, Patrick, that they counted on with a, with a torn Achilles in training camp. And I know how those coaches feel because you're so anxious to get the guys back. But they, I, I really think the NFL's got to look at a way of somehow easing into training camp because you see these injuries early in training camp. That's not good for anybody, particularly the teams that are counting on those guys. Um, you know, I, I think one of the th- key things is some of the holdouts that we've got in training camp right now. You're talking about Zach Howard, Josh Jacobs. Now there seems to be movement there that he may be back in Raiders camp soon, but uh, you know, it's just been a, particularly for the running backs, it's been a really tumultuous time. And again, Jonathan Taylor's making noise in Indianapolis. Like he wants out if he doesn't get a new contract. So it's going to be interesting to see how this goes in this last run up to the, to the uh, rated seat. I feel like you've touched on a number of points there, and I feel let's let's start with the first one there. Uh, I think we should talk in a minute about Nathaniel Hackett and the comments we're maybe Sean Payton because that's something that we missed over the last few days. But more so, you know, I woke up uh, a few days ago 
two hours ahead of the UK and Ireland. So getting a bit of fresh timing on Twitter before all the guys get all night, unlike you, Jeff, who's just all night 24-7, Mahalo. Uh, the Jonathan Taylor news, I, I missed it overnight and, and woke up to it. I was, would I say, perplexed by the comments that were made by Jim Irsay. I think a guy in his position should not be making those comments. And I, I'm i trying to be, you know, based enough here because the Colts have been very good to us as an organization for getting players on. The PR department is, is top notch. I was stunned at the level at which Ursa went to and how he thought it was appropriate to start saying like, well, you know, the league goes on and all this sort of stuff. Like this is the guy that was earning next to nothing at the running back position for so long. And he looked at that window where oh Taylor will get paid next year. And now there could be a situation where Taylor might not get paid at all because they're talking about some back injury which Taylor has come out and said it's not real. Um I guess two factors, Jeff. First one is what do you think is gonna happen there with the Colts and Taylor? And if he goes somewhere, where do you think he might go to? Because you've seen whispers even over the last six to 12 hours on social media that the Chiefs might be interested, which no one are, look, that'll be announced before this podcast goes out this morning. Well, you know, I think that first thing we got to understand about this whole situation and all the running backs, it is a different time in the league right now. And yes, Jonathan Taylor is a great back, but, you know, you know, so is Saquon, so is Josh Jacobs, you know, so was Le'Veon Bell. I mean, it's a, this is not a new phenomenon. This is a, a position that has become, if you want to say, undervalued uh, or undersalaried or however you want to say it. But the reality remains, you know, you can find running backs. It's harder to find left tackles. It's harder, certainly, to find quarterbacks. So it's supply and demand economics. I get it. In terms of Ursay's comments, one of the things that you always have to worry about if you're, you know, if you're in the Colts organization is when he has a microphone in front of him, you never know what's going to come out of his mouth. And his statement that, you know, if he died tomorrow, and this is what this is what he said, if if Taylor was out of the league and if Ursay died tomorrow, the league would go on. And I know what he's trying to say, right? And it is true. The league's going to be here. The league's going to go on. We're we're all just every one of us at any level of pro football is just a you know cog in the wheel and so that's the reality of it now what i think is going to happen with this deal is i think that taylor will play i think he'll play in indianapolis i just think that it's going to be one of those mexican standoffs for a while i know that there are teams out there certainly that you know the teams that you know have running back needs and there are plenty um, but again, are you going to be able to sign him to a contract if you get, if you get a hold of it? Because if he's adamant about staying out in Indianapolis, will he be less adamant about staying out if he went to New England or any of the places, you know, that have a running back date? So I think it's going to be interesting. It's a game of chicken. They're going to play, you know, they're going to play, uh, this thing out to the very end. And, but I fully expect he'll be in Indianapolis. I just can't see them giving up. He's an asset, Mike. He's he's an asset that if you want to use, you know, I guess different language, but it, it, 
the, the club owns him, right? They own his right. And so you don't give up the rights to a great player for nothing. And it would certainly come at a heavy cost, I would think. Unrestricted free agent uh, next year, uh, when he's a 25-year-old at the peak of his career. It'll be very interesting to see what sort of hit he takes on a team when he signs a contract elsewhere, if he does sign a contract elsewhere. Um, he has a base salary of $4.3 million this year. He is not a you know significant hit on the cap for a team. And that is why I find this, this situation, Jeff, all the more surprised and stunning. You're right. Well, like you, I, you know, you say he's not a hit cap hit right now. He isn't right now, but he wants a new deal and he's mm -hmm. not going to want a new deal less if he's in New England or wherever, right? So um, I think I think we have to understand that. He wants a long-term deal. He wants a deal that he's going to get paid what he feels like a superstar running back deserves. And, he, and to me, he is a superstar running back. However, you know, the running back market, we've seen it all offseason, is not what it once was. And I think the sooner those guys get their head around that, the sooner that they can just get into camp and play football and do what they do. Um, you know, I think about this this thing, and and uh, you know, you've got a young quarterback in Richardson in Indianapolis, and what he needs is weapons around him. And certainly, Jonathan Taylor is one of those weapons in Indianapolis. The ability to run the football takes all kinds of pressure off a young quarterback. And Richardson has been taking first team reps, not all of them, but first team reps with the Colts. Yep. So if they're going to put that kid out there who has so little football under his belt right now, I mean, you're talking about a guy that was has minimal starting reps even in college. He needs every weapon he he can have around it, and certainly Jonathan Taylor and the running game are important for Richardson's development. You don't want to put him out there and make him one-dimensional as a rookie. I mean, that's a that's an ugly way to start your career. So I think this is a big, big decision for the Colts. I think it, uh, you know, Chris Ballard, the G, the GM at the Colts, he's got a he's got a problem on his hands, and he's got to find an answer for it. And he's got an owner who seems to be, you know, willing to stick his feet in the ground and say no more. And you know, we'll see how it plays out. I think there, there's many different aspects to what you said there. Like the first one, obviously, being with Andy Richardson, I'm, re I'm really interested, obviously, to see what he's going to be like in the league. The amount of reps he's getting, you would speculate that we're going to see a lot of him this season. And you're damn right, you know, you need him on, you, you need Jonathan Taylor on the second, third down situations where he needs a bit of consistency there. I finished the quarterback series uh, on the flight over. Well, I didn't tell people I hadn't finished because I was trying to keep it as far as I could in terms of the postseason or the offseason. I just loved it I'd love to see a guy like Anthony Richardson on there next year to see his to see his impact coming in as a rookie especially in, with an organization such as the Colts and I feel like we could talk about Taylor for a long time I'm going to say I don't think he'll play again for the, for the Colts I think he'll end up elsewhere and I feel that that could be the most interesting storyline in the next four weeks in terms of getting to the start of uh, getting to the start of week one where could Taylor play could you see him go to Kansas City? Could you see him go to Buffalo as a backup? Could this impact the impending deal for Dalvin Cook in New York? Which I don't think Jeff at the time of talking had been announced yet. Uh, but he is obviously visiting with the Jets and he wants to 
sign there. There's so many ifs and buts. And if you're Indianapolis, you're thinking, well, what can we get from right now? Could we get a third or fourth rounder? He's about a year left, maybe more than that. Um, so I, th- I think I think Ursa's comments were uncalled for, and that that sort of goes into the second uncalled for comment. What did you think when you seen Sean Payton's comments about the Denver Broncos job last year? Now I'm like, can I just say very quickly here for people on this podcast, I'm a Broncos fan, so obviously I'm biased. But when I see comments like that being made as a fan, I'm thinking, oh dear. Here we go. There, he's starting to he's starting the excuses already. Yeah. No, I, I. Here's first of all, if you know Sean Payton, those comments do not surprise me, right? Now, as a coach, and and Hackett yesterday referred to this. He said he's. They asked him had he broken the code, right? And there is a, there is a quote code amongst coaches that you don't criticize a guy publicly, especially a guy who you're replacing. Um, and he certainly did. I mean, those those comments were about as strong as I've ever heard one coach talking about another, saying it's the worst coaching job in NFL history. Now, he's tried to reel those back in in the last couple of days, saying that not that he was misquoted, but that he was trying to, you know, build a bridge to his quarterback and protect his quarterback and yada, 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 yada. I don't believe any of that. I believe that he feels exactly that. And that, you know, one thing about Sean Payton, if you know Sean Payton at all, he is not at all uh, unsure of himself, right? He is extremely confident guy. And, um, I'm not say arrogant, but he is extremely confident guy. And he believes that he will write the ship in Denver. And I think he's taken some real steps in that direction. I, as you notice, everything that goes on in Denver, everything. So the way the field's set up, the way the building's set up, everything is, you know, exactly the way Sean Payton wants it to be. Right. And so, his comments did not surprise me. The level that he went to, that surprised me. I thought the reaction out of New York was really interesting. First of all, um, Robert Salas said, we'll see you week four. No, they won't because they don't play till week five, which I thought was really interesting. And coach didn't even know his own schedule. And then Aaron Rodgers jumped on and said, keep, keep my coach's name out of your mouth. I think that that the hype that's going to be around that Broncos Jets game in Week Five could be really, really interesting. It's going to be spicy. The Jets, the Jets are going to be like if you if you were a Jets fan and complained about the Jets not being on the network or not not being in the news, the Jets are going to be twenty four seven news. I think for most of the season because look at their schedule and you look at. First of all, they're going to be in the Hall of Fame game Thursday night. We're going to get a chance to see Aaron Rodgers. They've had a great offseason. Everybody's talking about Sauce Garner and Quinn Quint and Williams. Are they the best d- defensive duo in football? You know, Rodgers is having a love fest right now with with his teammates and his coaches. Um, I, I think it's going to be great. I think Hard Knocks is going to be fabulous, and I think that you know it's going to be just another storyline in a store in a season in New York that's going to be full of storylines. When, in, when is the last time that the Jets 
have ever overshadowed the Giants in terms of training camp news. And I mean, it's not like the Giants haven't had a, a big offseason. They get their quarterback under contract long term. They get too well to drop well. They get Darren Waller. I mean, they've had a great offseason. And and you know, it's just kind of an afterthought in you, you know, in the media because of the Aaron Rodgers Jets saga. Hard knocks starts in the US on Thursday, August the 8th. We will have a weekly exclusive news here, Jeff. We'll have a weekly podcast. Jeff's not on it, but he can come on if he wants. Every Saturday morning. It depends whenever it's on Sky, basically, but bear with us, folks. That'll come out over the weekends. We're excited for that. That'll keep us going for the next month. The, the Rogers comments th- didn't surprise me because I thought it was funny to add fuel to the fire. Um, I guess from a Denver perspective, I was surprised at the timing of it. I was surprised at the, the level of which it went to. And I would very much be concerned as a Broncos fan as to Peyton's expectations now of this team. Maybe he had different expectations or different thoughts before he went into Denver and maybe he's now realizing sweet Jesus it's even worse than I thought it was and this is too much of a of a clawback to get to where we need to be in year one and maybe he's just experiencing that like you know I've heard from different people that I mean it's it's not it's not hard to know but it it's obvious it all wasn't well there last year but I've heard from different people verbally that would know this that there was a complete divide in the team it was clear to see um so that takes time to mend that takes time to keep going i know you got guys on your team uh that you've worked with before jeff on that broncos team as well so you know i'm i think any fan will be intrigued to see how they perform this year uh, and going into that week five matchup you know amazon have the ability to fax games in Thursday night football the bears commander should not be on Thursday night football in week five flex the game out have some sense Amazon now when I say that you know are the Jets or are the Broncos Jeff playing Monday Night Football in week 4 I would highly suggest they're not and they're not Jets are in Sunday Night Football against the Chiefs at home flex the game to Thursday night yeah I think that game's certainly going to have as we said immense storylines around it and you know I just think that this season is shaping up to be one for the ages because all of the different things that we heard. It, how, how about this one? Almost in is in the ridiculous category, but it's it's so beautiful because it's so typical of Dan Campbell. Dan Campbell wanted to have a live lion on the sidelines at the Lions games, and Miss Ford, the owner of the Lions concurred and agreed, and the NFL said, "No, you cannot have a live animal on this at a Lions game." But Dan Campbell wanted to have a live lion. It would have been perfect. He could go out and wrestle with the lion at the fifty-yard line prior to the game. It would have been it would have been absolute gold TV. Watch out for those lions now. I'm telling you that that's there's a good there's a good football team brewing in in Detroit. Oh, hold on, hold on, wait a minute, wait, wait a minute. This is what I was going to say, like, is there anything else you want to talk about for the last five, ten minutes of this podcast? You've talked about an NFC North team. I feel like we need to talk about Jordan Love. Any video that I see of Jordan Love right now on Twitter, like PFF, whatever, of him in camp, whoa, 
like I, like we all know that training camp performance does not always replicate itself on the football field when downs are taking place. Could Green Bay win the NFC North? Yeah, I mean this. I, I don't want this to be the title of the of the YouTube video because the last two days have been all Packers, Packers, Packers. But could Green Bay, with Ooh. Jordan Love, with a really interesting schedule, go on a run and actually win that division? That's that's my big question this week. Would they? Yeah, I think they could. I don't think there's any question that they could. I mean, that's a that's a wide open division. I think Minnesota could win that division. I think Chicago could win that division. I think any of those four teams could, you know, as the season unfolds. But here's the thing with training camp video and training camp, you know, like I watch the stuff that's get gets put out every day, right? And it's all long passes and it's circus catches and yeah, that does happen every day. Right. That's every day in training camp. When it happens, when the lights come on, that's when I'll be interested. Right. It's great. It makes it, it's like the appetizer before the main meal. Right. I mean, it, it gets us, it gets our appetite for the game and for the spectacular plays you're going to see all through the season in the NFL. But really, they don't mean very much because who's the corner they're going against? What's the situation? Is there any pass rush? I mean, when I look at it, like I've watched Richardson a couple throws that he's made during training camp, and he you can see obviously he's got a huge arm, and he is bigger than he was. He's 255 pounds now, all right, and and not fat. You see, that's all good weight. But when I see the throws, I see the throw. When I want to see the throw right here, right where he throws it, where a guy can make yards out to the catch, I see the throw here or here or here, and that's where. His accuracy, he's got the arm talent. Does he have the accuracy? And I think that's almost all of the young quarterback. That's the thing that when you watch an Aaron Rodgers, for example, or you're watching Patrick Mahomes or a Josh Allen, they're much more accurate with the football. And accuracy with the ball in pro football is, is in my opinion, more important than how far, how, you know, what kind of velocity the guy's got on the ball because you've got footballs in small windows. And you got to give your receivers a chance to make yardage after the catch. So I think when you look at these young quarterbacks, that's going to be interesting to see how what's C.J. Stroud going to do with that. You know, I, I we talked about Richardson. There's all the young quarterbacks in the league. You know, that's going to be the proof right there. That's going to be the acid test, if you will, for those young quarterbacks. Let's talk about the acid test. Let's talk about accuracy. Talking about quarterback and accuracy, did you see? Uh, Doc Brassfeld over the last couple of days. He just followed out with travel on days. It's getting well, hot. You know what? Again, remember, if it if it isn't controversial, it ain't the Cowboys, right? I mean, that's just the way the Cowboys are. I see a I see a headline today, Mike, about how Jerry Jones is pulling a power play by not letting Jimmy Johnson into the Ring of Honor. Right? You look at Jimmy Johnson's won as many Super Bowls as Tom Landry has, right? And He's waited now, what, almost 30 years for his name to go up in on the Ring of Honor in Dallas, which is the highest honor that you can have in the stadium. And Jerry keeps saying he'll go up when I'm, you know, when I decide it's time for him to go up, right? So it's basically nobody's going to be bigger than me. That's what happened when they fell out. He made a comment in a bar and was overheard to say that 
he could get anybody that could coach the Cowboys and win Super Bowls. And that was the end of he and Jimmy. So I think it's really interesting. Here we are 30 years down the road and Jerry still has to have the, you know, have the Trump card on Jimmy Johnson. So that's cowboy. That's just life in cowboy land. I mean, it's going to be, it's going to be controversy every day. It's going to be something that they can talk about. Dak's got a lot of pressure on in Dallas, a lot of pressure on it. Dallas has a defense that might be in the top five in the league and certainly, you know, good enough for them to win a Super Bowl with. Now, do they have the offense to do that? Do Is the quarterback play going to be good enough to take them to the promised land? You know, having Zach Martin not in camp, that's not helping things. Right, you're talking about one of the premier offensive linemen in the league. He's out. Uh, you know, again, how's Pollard going to come back? Come off that injury? You know, there's. It seems to be some questions about you know between the receivers and the quarterback. But that's again, I think I, I think actually Dallas likes it that way because it's it's an opportunity for people to talk about the Cowboys and and certainly, you know. Let me say, let me just say it this way. The great Al Davis said this, Mr. Davis said, it doesn't matter what they say about you just as long as they spell your name right. And I think that's, you know, you got to understand Jerry Jones is a, like he worshiped at Al Davis knee as a young owner. And uh, I think he's taken that to heart with the Cowboys. Well, we are back as far as we're concerned, the season started, which is Pretty cool, Jeff. I know we had a great end last year. We went, took you on tour in Ireland. Uh, there are plans afoot to take you further than that, and that's going to come out hopefully over the next few weeks. Have you anything you'd like to say on that? Or just no, I'm just saying we are going to go on tour, not only in Ireland, but we'll be on tour in the UK. And uh, right now I'm scheduled to come back to be at Sky around Thanksgiving through the playoffs and the Super Bowl. So, you know, we are going to take the show on the road. We're going to do podcasts from you know, around the UK. And there is a there is a strong rumor that one of those, one of the one of the early ones will be at the home of the Mighty Whites League. Really? We, really? You had to come out and say that? <laughs> I did. I have to say it because I'm proud. I'm a Leeds fan. Uh, you know, again, I don't know where we'll be in Leeds, but certainly we will find a venue and we will be in Leeds in the promised land, in the holy land, right, for the Jeff Reinbold show. <laughs> oh, I needed that. And um, we've, we, we've got a podcast coming out, Jeff, over the weekend where you're answering some questions. We're going to record that in a wee second. And, we, yeah, we're just going to keep people. We're, we're not going to put a day or a time in this. For the next few weeks, we will have days and times set during the season, but you're going to see a lot of us over the next few weeks. We're, we're looking forward to talking. If anything does happen, we'll, we'll jump on a pod, Jeff. We'll, we'll, we'll talk it out. So do you want to show us out of here and get us out of here? Everybody, thank you very much for joining us again today. For Michael, myself, and all of us involved in the Jeff Reinbold Show, it's a, it's a blast every week being with you. Great questions. We're going to answer those questions on the next podcast. And again, join us every week throughout the NFL season and off through the, quote, off season as we break down everything that's happening in the National Football League. Aloha. Here's folks.